As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. It's Wednesday. I'm Dave DeFore here with Seth Partnow and Moda Keel, so that means it's Nerder. She wrote... Guys, before we get started, we're going to let you know next week over at The Athletic, we're going to be doing our best of 2023. It's a compilation of the best stories, the best podcasts, maybe the best YouTube videos. I'm not sure if they're going to make the cut this year or not, uh, but it's all going to be collated, collected. So go over there and relive some of The Athletic's best stuff from 2023. We mentioned it yesterday on Hoops Adjacent, but my favorite story was the Marvin Gaye national anthem story that marcus thompson and david aldridge wrote last year i sent that to my mom and you know like my mom's not like a sports fan but marvin Gaye meant a lot to us so i I love that story um so go and check that out it's going to drop next week there's going to be some really great stuff that maybe you missed out on um you know we do the best work in sports journalism and storytelling as far as i'm concerned so uh it's going to be packed with stuff that you probably didn't get a chance to read because the athletic is so prolific. So check that out. How are you guys doing? Doing well, Dave. Doing well. Yeah. Ready to roll, baby. Come on, <laughs> Seth, pick up the energy. Hey, uh, happy, happy birthday, birthday, my dad. Happy birthday to Seth. Happy birthday to Papa part now. And it was my dad's birthday a few Everybody's, days ago. Uh, so December, hey. December birthdays, huh? Um, that's That's rough growing up. You, you don't get the double dip. That was actually that was actually a complaint of my father's uh, at, at dinner on his birthday was like, man, oh, I wanted man. to be born in January. Uh, OK, well, so we're a quarter of the way through the season at this point. And, uh, you know, we love our little arbitrary timestamps where we can look back at the season that has been. And make some determinations. And, uh, you know, I've got five questions here, guys. From the first quarter of the season that I feel like we need to answer specifically, not that they need to be answered for the greater good of the universe, but eh, stuff we want to talk about. <laughs> no, no, put that importance on that. Put it on that importance. It's We are the holders of yeah. the space-time continuum. We are Loki on the throne of time. We're, we're, we're doing all sorts of stuff. Spoiler. <laughs> I, you know uh, what? I, yeah. I'm just going to say this. I <laughs> love bad. that. We can talk about all the Marvel comic book stuff we want, the comic book movies. That's fine with Mo. 
But you bring up professional wrestling, and it's just that's a bridge too far. Oh, it's dumb. It it's wrestling. okay out the door. This out ner- the door, this one gone. nerdy thing is totally fine, but not this other nerdy thing. There, he's a man with standards. Yeah. As as we nerd out, as we nerd out on a third thing, uh, well, for, for that's the bulk true. of the show. It's what we yeah. do. Anyway, continue, uh, Dave. My first question, and it's timely, guys. Um, are the Warriors cooked? This is the question that everyone's asking right now because. Obviously, they've not been playing well, and for a lot of us here on Wednesday morning, we watched Draymond Green lose his mind again last night and just take a wild swing and connect with the face of Yusuf Nurkic. He's probably going to miss a few games. I mean, he was suspended for five games already this season. He's been ejected from 20% of the games that he's played in this season, and we can't even use the Steph's not playing excuse for him because Steph was out there. They had a chance to win this game when Draymond was ejected. Just completely losing the the plot. Um, So, guys, beyond just Draymond Green maybe being cooked as a person that you can trust on the basketball court, are the Warriors just cooked? Is this it? Is it over? Yes. Yes. I mean, it's... it. It's funny, I was thinking about this because I wrote an article um, almost 10 years ago coming out of the 2014 finals and kind of the way that the that 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 heat team kind of collapsed over the course of that 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 series, as well as I think Spain getting eliminated from from the World Cup pretty quickly. And these were dynasties that that, you know, ended. And that's how it happens. Like an empire doesn't fade. It collapses. Um, It's it's. uh, the, the analogy I like to use is, you know, going way back to a great 80s movie, Cocktail, Coughlin's Law, all things end badly, otherwise they wouldn't end. File. And, and that's, I think this is, we're seeing that with the Warriors. It's uh, absolutely disastrous, and there's a lot of different reasons to go through it. But I think the obvious and most glaring one is, yo, is Draymond okay? Like, honestly, like, this is getting kind of wild. You know, when you you kind of look at over the past 18 months, punches a teammate, gets suspended uh, for too many technicals in March, stomps on Sabonis' chest, gets suspended for a playoff game, and then gets suspended for the chokehold on Rudy Gobert, and then it's probably going to be suspended for this uh, latest incident with Yusuf Nurkic. And, and, you know, Nurkic had the best line. Man, brother needs help. Like, there's something, like, I don't know what's going on with Draymond outside of the uh, basketball world and what we see on the court. But, like, this is, this is absolutely destroying the team. There's no other way to say it. And I know he loves the team. I know he cares about the guys and whatnot. But he is absolutely screwing these guys over and over again. And I think it's becoming a, a such a reoccurring problem that it's now a massive issue for the Warriors that they got to figure out. Uh, you're absolutely right about that. But I wouldn't put this the 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 decline solely on the feet of Draymond. I think that I, I think that in some ways, like his uh, his pushing things too far is almost a subconscious recognition. They don't have it. It's not right. all working, and you gotta go. They don't you're, have you're, exactly. You're 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 you're, you're, you're you, you weren't listening to what I said in the beginning. <laughs> it's multiple. I said it's multiple things. <laughs> and we got to start with Draymond. I didn't yes, say okay. it's all Draymond. I said we got to start with Draymond. I think yeah. we start. Come on, man. It's I the think, first question of five. We, we have go. to start with Draymond because that is theoretically <laughs> the thing that can be controlled. The other stuff is, guys, 
might be cooked. But the Draymond thing, I think well, the Draymond thing, I think to Seth's point that he was trying to make, Draymond has gotten a bit, uh, you know, he rides that edge. We, we say this all the time about certain athletes. They ride this edge. You want them on that edge. You need them on that edge, right? The problem is he has fallen over the edge because that edge doesn't get it done for the rest of the guys enough. Clay Thompson's not good enough for Draymond to be able to inspire him. And now it's just out of control. I mean, it is just over the top. I mean, And I think Draymond knows that this team is cooked, and that's why it's kind of out of control. I mean, he, and, he's, he's Colonel Jessup, right? Yeah. Like, you need him on that wall. You want him on that wall till he orders the, the code red. Um, I think the, 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 the issues for the Warriors go much beyond that. Mm-hmm. And much further than just Draymond, right? Like we know all the stuff. Hardest, okay. We get we get all the the spiel for him. This is also a clear fa- uh, failure of development, and it's a clear failure of the front office not identifying the right guys in the draft. Some of it was, you know, the the James Wiseman pick was a disaster, but that was also off the pandemic, and like that was kind of a weird draft as a, as we right. It was yeah. a pandemic, right? Yeah. So that was that 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 kind of really threw that draft out of sorts and and things like that. But at the end of the day, they're playing Kaminga and Moses Moody now. And this is this is a year too late. They're they need they needed to let those guys play through those mistakes last year so that they could be players this year. They didn't. And that's a Steve Kerr issue. I mean, we had a game where Moses Moody was cooking through the fourth quarter and then he takes them out in the last six minutes. Like there's, there's a lots of issues there. So it's a failure of the front office. I think it's a failure of development. I think it's a failure of, of Kerr on the, the coaching side being too dependent and relying on his veterans and not giving the young kids chances. I, again, I agree with that, that the, that the, the front office and development hasn't been good enough but this is also just this is what happens. Uh, and the Warriors were able to extend their championship window sort of longer than maybe it could have been expected. First, with the 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 being able Kevin Durant dropping into their lap and then with with Andrew Wiggins is is what's looking now like a pretty outlier season uh, after they were able to to acquire him in a pick. Um, you know, part of being all in for a championship is you are mortgaging the future. And the the Warriors have been all in on a championship, uh, more or less, for you know nine years now. So, and that's a longer run than most teams get. But what happens is you get hollowed out. You don't do the development work because you're always trying to win every night. You're worrying about next tomorrow night, not next month, not next year. And so this is just it's this is a natural life cycle of a team. It's just they held it off longer than than most do. So the collapse is almost more shocking and and harder because because of how long they've sort of held back those four well, they also just i mean they haven't been able to yeah, fill out their bench the depth is just not there so like on the, on the nights where clay doesn't have it going you don't have somebody who can help you out off the bench really i mean it's just it just doesn't exist and, and so clay and clay looks cooked just straight up cooked and it's hard to tell if it's just that or if it's because wiggins has been so ineffective or because those two guys are also hampered with having to play uh, offense with Draymond and Kevon Looney. I mean, there's there are structural issues with the team. Also, it's it's a little bit of age, it's a little bit of depth, but it's also just does this roster even work now with everyone having taken like a half a step back? You know, like Looney is not falling off a cliff, 
but this isn't Looney from two years ago. Last year, last yeah. year, last year, last year, it was unbelievable. But this is, but this is the thing. Like again, I'm going to go back to the front office and identifying situations. Last year, we were screaming that you need size. Their big move in the trade deadline was Gary Payton the second. Somebody <laughs> remind me, not, how tall is he? Not big. Like but he plays you know, big. Okay, oh, oh, he plays big, but he's not a big. And they yeah. need a big, and they need a big body, and they and and I think that's those things that matter for them, and I think that's part of the issue there. It's it's the combination of all of those things. And Seth, you're right. Like, yeah, empires fall. This is this is how it looks when they fall, and and it and it's usually kind of a massive collapse with all of those things. I just think the way they've won, they could have extended this a little bit longer. They had opportunities there. I mean, we can talk about the draft mistakes, you know, like. Who who was it over Franz Wagner? Kaminga yeah. was that who they picked over Wagner? That looks terrible. Um, I don't think Lamelo Ball helps this team because I mean his defense and 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 the way he wants to play would probably get him punched by Draymond. Um, but like you know the the Wiseman pick was a massive uh blow uh bust for them and a, a massive mistake for them. And they, they try to do the two timelines and not fully understanding how to do it and having an actual set plan for it and being committed to it. It's a lot of things there. And I think, you know, it's clear, you know, and I was on this team. I was very high on this team going into the play, uh, the season. I thought this is one of my uh, screwed up the uh, predictions. Don't worry. I got more right <laughs> than wrong. Um, but the, uh, uh, this has been a massive fall for them in the way they're playing and it's just like watching it over and over again. And now they're trying to play through the mistakes. And I yeah. think it's a year too late. Um, okay. Yeah. So the Warriors are cooked. I think that's where we're at. Um, yeah. Worse for me. Uh, next question, guys. Until that's they're right. uncooked next month. Until next month when they reel <laughs> off eight games. And we're um, like, just to put a button in the tournament here. Uh, our second question. Did the tournament underperform, overperform, or meet your expectations? And this is just your expectations, not societal expectations not some sort of ratings bar they needed to clear um answer question question for you just the tournament the final i would say i would say the whole in in season tournament we're putting a pin on this thing we're putting a button in it um so okay i i mean i'll go first if you guys don't want to go i I mean i i think it uh i would say yeah i would say overperformed uh for me because my expectations were low um I, i didn't think that we would see a difference in intensity in the games. And it's obvious that we did. Um, Anyone saying we didn't has not watched enough NBA basketball in the last five to seven years uh, to determine that. And I'm an expert at this, so I'm willing to just make that statement. Anybody wants to argue, my number is easy to get. Um, The intensity was way higher, especially once we got to the single elimination games. Um, That's a success. It was cool. That's it. We, all of this is arbitrary, and so anyone arguing that it's it it's fake or not important, that's every game. So this was cool. I, I'm against the banner, though. That's the only problem I've got. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Why? I just don't know Why? if you need a banner. Do the cup. Why are you against the Put banner? Put the cup on display. Let's just do that. I, I don't. I, I think the banner. Banner for you can do both. It doesn't matter. But you could like why 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 not celebrate your I accomplishments? Don't Dave? I don't know something about a tournament banner. Sus- suspend no, the cup from the rafters. I mean, that's, like uh, so so for you guys, yeah, not in L.A. with them earthquakes. <laughs> so for you guys, how how is mm-hmm. it? Um. So I, for me, it's pretty simple. It's what have we been talking about for the last month? We've yeah. been talking about basketball. We've been talking about on-the-court basketball games, and I think the tournament games are a huge part of that. And you compare that to what we're normally, what we on this show have tended to pivot to kind of this time. Oh, December 15th. Well, guys can get traded now um, is is a lot of what we're talking about. And we'll get to that, and that's fine, and that's that's cool when we get to that. But we the getting a month longer to just talk about basketball on the floor was amazing. And so for me personally, just on that level, it was a massive success. Yeah, it's a, it's a massive success. I think we've screamed it for four yeah. straight podcasts. It's, 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 it worked right. And then, you know, it's, it's my always caveat is let's see what the next few look like. But I think the, the whole deal is, you know, we, as I said, we got great basketball. The players were invested and that's the most important thing. And with the players being invested, that's led to some, some important stuff with, you know, seeing the product on the floor being better, you know, look at LeBron very clearly from the very first in season tournament game was dead set on winning plain and simple. And I think that was pretty obvious. And, and that's kind of the result. I think the, I understand people complaining about the final game, but let me just put it to you this way. Look at it at the, Mm -hmm. as the final four in college basketball. Some final fours suck. (laughs) Like, just suck. Like, the games aren't good. The championship isn't good or whatnot. Like, that's what happens. Some Super Bowls suck. Like, there's just, that's what happens with these games. That's how we know they're not rigged, folks. Because the game, if they were rigged, it would be more exciting, more more interesting every time. But that just is what happens. Overall, though, yeah, man, it's, it's definitely overperformed my expectations. And I, I, I think, and this leads into what I think our next question is the other, and this is sort of, this is happens, lucky happenstance is the tournament. I think also provided a, a platform to introduce someone who could be one of the new faces of the league. Well, let's go ahead and do that. Then we'll go to the next question. Um, Are we seeing a full on changing of the guard in, in the NBA? I know this is a funny thing to say because LeBron James has been, um, in his prime, it feels like for 20 years, uh, he still looks <laughs> from some nights uh, like he's in his prime. Steph Curry, still ridiculous. Kevin Durant, still ridiculous. Um, but it does feel like the youth movement has taken hold. A- and guys like Tyrese Halliburton, De'Aaron Fox, um, the the I know the MVP conversation, Anthony Edwards. Anthony Edwards, Shea Gilders Alexander, right. Chet Holmgren being better yeah. than we expected out um, of the box. Like we know that yeah. the skill level is higher and higher every single year. Like the rookies come in, all like they're better now than they were 10, 15 years ago. They're more ready to play. Um, but man, what we're seeing with some of these guys, 23, 24, even 
is out of this world. And it, it's not just um, impressive play, but it's also leadership and poise and, and things that normally we, you know, it's like 27, 28, where we start talking about these guys doing that. Um, so, yeah, are we seeing a changing of the guard this season? I, I mean, should the all-NBA team, should we expect it to have a lot of new names on it? I, uh, yeah, we'll have new names on it. Sure. It had new names on it last year. That's just, I mean, Shea was a, a first team all, uh, all NBA guy last year, right? Like every year there's going to have new, new names on it and, and whatnot. The question is how many of the, the, the old names start to kind of fade out and, and the influx of, of, of fresher, younger guys in all of those things. It is the planting of the seed of the changing of the guards. Cause look still at the very top, you know, for Cause it's not a changing of the guards. If it's Jokic, if it's Embiid and, and, and those guys, but it is showing you that with the NBA has a line of talent. That's just incredible. And we've been talking about this for kind of a couple of years now, sort of seeing this thing coming where it's not going to be like when MJ retired and everybody's like, well, Who's the guy in the NBA? Now it's like in the NBA offices, like we got too many names to be faces of the league. We, you know, like who's the face of the league? No, it's faces, plural. We got 10, you know, or, or, or whatnot. I think there's a lot of guys in that stuff. I think it's more what I find more interesting and it sucks because we just talked about the Warriors being cooked, but it's also the old guys going, not yet. You know, and I think that's kind of an important thing to for me in that sense. I think we're close to the changing of the guard, but it's the old guys going, not yet. We're a quarter way into the season, and the top three teams in the West are Minnesota, OKC, and by record, Minnesota, OKC, and Dallas. Now, Luca's been around for for long enough, so he doesn't seem like part of the new, like part of the new guard. But you think about that; that's a like. And then you throw in Orlando in the East, and that's a lot of sort of new faces, both teams and star players. And so I think you're right. It's it's premature to say that it has happened. But if we're looking at the standings kind of the same way at the end of the year, um, I think this is this is, you know, and it's great for the league to sort of be able to 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 be able to turn that page if they can. Um, but I I'm more optimistic about that about the next wave than i have been in the last couple of years uh counterpoint it's Please. not it's not where it ends in the regular season it's where it ends in the playoffs and that's I, i'm sorry like everybody can be mad about yeah. it but that's the that's the thing and it's not about winning a ring but if we have a final four where minnesota is in it um you know if we have you know okc gets to the second round or even the conference finals or you know whatnot and I think it's it's along those lines. Like we all, I think we all know, we all still, I think, are on oh, the Denver yeah. bandwagon of Denver's going to win the championship. I think we're all yeah. on the Boston's probably the best team in the East. You know, I don't think any of us have the expectations that Orlando's going to be in the conference finals uh, with those. Two. Like I think there's a, the the teams right around that mix. They're still right there, in in, in that sense, it's exciting and mm -hmm. it's promising. Let's not it up by putting too much pressure on it damn it i, I didn't want to drop one this episode we, we gotta <laughs> it was it was it was it was a good it yeah, was good seasoning yeah, though yeah <clears throat> damn it I, I i literally said to myself yeah not today and that's all right we're, we're saving those we're saving those for a segment um all right next question guys john morant comes back next week i'm very curious to see what this draymond suspension is especially um 
you know, thinking about Ja's suspension. Ja Morant comes back next week. Does he solve the Grizzlies' problems? They're six and sixteen. They are five games outside of the last spot in the play-in. And uh, Seth, their their offense has been not great, not great, bad. They're twenty. 20- 28th on the season, uh, a little bit better the last two weeks, but still uh, they don't have a lot of, of, you know, bucket getting and they don't have a lot of dynamism. And Desmond Bain has been like everything you could have asked for him and more. There's just not a lot else there. Um, Jaron Jackson, I think, is probably someone who uh, we would hope would be helped by having having a, uh, the, their best creator back. So um the good news for them is even as big a hole as they dug themselves, five games over 60 is not like insurmountable, but that's a big hill. Uh, I mean, look, guys, the honest truth is like, I, I don't know if they have that. And 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 it's not just so much, ja. man, they, they've been decimated in the in the front court with size. I mean, like the before the season even started, the Steven Adams – the injury, Brandon Clark with the uh, uh, Achilles tear late last year. They just don't have enough size. Jaron Jackson and, and Jaron Jackson will look better once he gets a uh, uh, job back and he'll, he'll, his stuff will improve there a little bit. But I mean, it's been it's been kind of a down year for him. I honestly feel like this is a gap year for the team and the organization and, and to really kind of figure out what are the next steps going forward. Um uh, you know, I think this is a, a a big year. I not saying it's impossible, but also in the Western Conference, like when you look at the top ten in the West right now, you know the only, I mean, for, it's it's shocking. Houston's it, it, number nine. That's wild. But like Pelicans, Houston, Phoenix, and Clippers are in the top uh, seven to ten. Warriors are just out, or actually two and a half games out at eleven. Like, do you who who are they right. replacing in that? You know, and I think that's I mean, kind of the stuff we look at, and I just don't see them really, really kind of making that trip. They need to play really well the rest of the season, and they need to get some help. Um, I think the team. I think if, if obviously, if you asked us, I think the team we would expect right. is is Houston. That would be the one we would expect to regress the most. But then, as you say, um, then they they also have to, you know, if Golden State writes themselves a little bit, does Golden State drag themselves into a play and spot ahead of them? So I think that they need they need they need, you know, it's it's their destiny is not really in their hands. And and, and on top of that, like we're talking about a team that they can climb up. Have you guys watched Portland lately? Like they're they're yeah. in scrappy in games. I don't see them getting in the playing tournament, but like they have the same record as Memphis. Like they can go on a run the way they've been. They've lost four straight, but they've been really feisty in a lot of those games. I think it's not a, a wild. I think neither of these teams make it. I think Memphis is yeah. just a gap year. I don't think there's a much I, of a fix Memphis. With, with look, Jack man, they got to figure out how to sign my man Vince Williams, VCU Ram. Two-way player. That, that's what they got to figure out. How, how do we get this guy on our roster going forward? Um, I, I just don't – I don't know if their offense is going to improve enough to make that big of a difference. I mean, this team has not really set the world on fire in the half court anyway. And, Mo, you know, you kind of hit the nail on the head for me talking about their front court issues. They are over-reliant on second-chance opportunities – 
they are over-reliant on Steven Adams and Brandon Clark and what those guys bring, and they don't have a way to fill that gap. So even when they get Ja back and they have that elite drink-stirring guard, Bain gets to slide down as far as his, his level of importance and play in that you know secondary guard role. Jaron gets to slide back to his role. It, they still just don't have the other pieces that really make their offense functional. So I just don't know if they're going to be able to get hot and win. We'll see. I mean, obviously, you add a player of Jaws' caliber to to the offense, it should improve. Um, but the last few years, it just it, it's not like it's been that great. So um, it, it may not be enough. I'm with you on the gap. I mean, here. the offense, the the offense. So I have. <clears throat> sorry, go ahead. Well, no, just the offense has been a struggle, you know, in the half court right? for a little bit. Like, this is one of those things where it's all been dependent on John getting to the rim and those things. And granted, that's a good strategy. That dude gets to the rim quite well. But I still feel like these are things like these are issues I had last year with them offensively in the half court. You know, and I wanted to see more variations with things. And Bain's going to help a lot and with all those stuff. But, man, are you, are you guys following this court case at all? The, the John Morant court case. Um, I'm not what I, I wouldn't say I'm following it, uh, but I am laughing at it. Um, I, I, I've been sent like a few clips. There was apparently he had to demonstrate checking a ball like in pickup uh, for some reason. Uh, I, I, I just it's amazing. What an amazing time to be alive. Uh, now we know, like, is it constitutional? Like, is the way we check the ball constitutional? I don't know. I guess maybe we'll find out. <laughs> but can I, can I, can I make yeah, a basketball yeah. point before we move yeah. on, please? No. Uh, <laughs> uh, so I think if one wanted to be optimistic about the Grizzlies, you would say that there's some sure. low hanging fruit for them to pick. They're 26th, uh, in their record against sort of other bottom end teams with bottom end records right now. And so that's and they haven't played a disproportionate number of those games. So there's a lot of wins to be picked up there just by them taking care of business against, you know, the San Antonio's and and Detroit's and uh, of the world uh, that that if they if they can, you know, you know, they're four and four against those teams right now. Uh, if they can go, if they can just take care of those games, that's a lot of games that they can they can they can make up to sort of to climb the standings there. So uh and I think that, and I think that just getting that talent infusion of getting a, a top whatever player that Jai is, I think really that's that's probably the place where it'll show up most. So if one is an optimist, but again, that's that that five games and and three teams to pass is look. Uh, if you're if you're a, a telling lot. me to put my money on the Warriors figuring it out and making the play in or the Grizzlies, I'm gonna choose the Warriors. Um, and I think that that winds up being the race for the last play-in. I mean, oh man, what a what a weird season so far. Okay, um, last question, guys. Have your predictions for this season changed, Mo? You said I was wrong on some stuff. I think yeah, we're, we're oh, wrong, wrong with every year. Warriors, Warriors. Uh, I was a little bit higher on them and thought we'd have a little more from them. I didn't know we'd have several meltdowns from Draymond before the uh, 30th game of the season. Um, and I'm trying to think some of my other ones. I was, I'm banging the drum. I was right on with Indiana. So pretty, pretty happy with that one. Uh, I, I don't have, I don't remember the others. 
Are you struggling to close deals? B2B selling is tougher than ever, and that's why I want to tell you about LinkedIn Sales Navigator. LinkedIn Sales Navigator is a sales intelligence platform that helps professionals effectively prospect and engage high value customers, drive higher revenue, and increase sales performance. Sales Navigator helps you target the right buyers, surface key signals, and show you hidden allies so that you can find those buyers that are most likely to convert. Fueled by LinkedIn's 1 billion member platform, Sales Navigator gives you up-to-date first-party data, enabling you to unlock conversations with the people that matter. Right now, you can try LinkedIn Sales Navigator and get a 60-day free trial at linkedin.com slash show 23 that's linkedin.com slash show 23 for a 60-day free trial. Let LinkedIn Sales Navigator help you sell like a superstar today. Just go to linkedin.com slash show 23 and get started. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Uh, the, I think that I think we all were, were sort of pretty big on Denver as a re- yeah. repeat candidate. I think that... Um, the team that I've sort of uh, been – the two teams I've been wrongest about have kind of, in my mind, swapped places as the second best team in the East. And I think we all kind of didn't trust Philly. Um, I think both the way they performed, the way Tyrese Maxey has performed, and the way they've reconfigured their roster with the Harden trade. Uh, and the the Bucks, um, despite being second in record, I think that the level of discontent is high. Uh Playing a bunch of close games, they went to overtime with Chicago again. Uh, they're the they're the, have been the most overperforming clutch team in the league this year. Uh, their transition defense, we've talked about a bunch. So I think that um, I, I think that that is the the biggest change that I've had. Is I think that I kind of am have sort of swapped those teams in my mind while still thinking that the most likely finals matchup. Um, is yeah, I think that that's one of the bigger changes for me is that. Uh, I feel a lot more comfortable with Boston uh, at this point uh, than I did at the start of the season. And I feel so much less comfortable with the Bucs. I, I didn't expect the Bucks defense to just dive off a cliff like it has. Um, it, it's it's unsettling to a certain degree because they, they, they really like it's only that point of attack personnel. But then their perimeter defense just it, it just isn't. It isn't what we expect out of a, a Bucks team, and, and so um, when you know when they occasionally go through these scoring droughts, which isn't much, it just stands out. You know when they can't get a bucket and can't get a stop, it's very weird. I think. The, I mean, the bigger problem is is they just play in transition defense. So like their half court defense is middling. But they they give up the largest proportion of transition plays in the league, and it's just that's so jarring from from you know the the having seen the we'll do the basics well, which is sort of the the five years of Budenholzer was we're going to win all of our games against the bad teams because we're going to do the basics well, and they've still won those games, but you know there were teams that would 
av- had average margins of victory against bad teams, 10, 12, 14 points a game. And they're doing it by like four or five. They're playing, like I said, clutch games against bad teams. And that's, you know, they've ridden their luck on that, but that, but it, it'll catch up to them eventually. Yeah. But I just think like their perimeter defense is awful. It is just, I mean, there's only so much. It's what Rudy Gobert experienced in Utah. There's only so much Brooke Lopez can do at the rim and so much Giannis can do rotating over at the rim when they just allow drive after drive after drive. And that's been a massive problem for them with everything that they have going. I want to go back a little bit because Dave's saying he's more comfortable with Boston. I'm going to throw this out there. Uh, more comfortable than I was. More, that's more almost by than default. I was. More comfortable than you were. More comfortable than you were. I want to make you a little more uncomfortable with that. Um, it's oh no 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 no. Changed. Yeah, Porzingis, Porzingis helps. helps yeah. Porzingis helps a ton. Helps a ton. But their offense is exactly what it was. It's exactly what it's been for five years, and, Mo. Like it hasn't changed. Period. Yeah. But, but the the issue with that is, I am going to be fascinated watching this team all year long at the end of games, it might not matter because a, their defense is going to be so damn good if everybody's healthy and B, there are not a lot of teams in the East that are standing in their way where I look at it, you know, going like, wow, you know, like the, the, the trip there might be pretty easy for them. Easy ish. I should say, um, with all that. So it might not matter, but it is their offense. And especially at the end of games that I am fascinated about because they literally just run all game long one action to an ISO and that you can live on that for a while, but I don't know if you can survive, if, if you can fully win on that. Uh, I think that the optimistic take would be, and this is, this is why I think we're all surprised, not necessarily that Porzingis has been good, but how vital he's become to them so fast. And I think it's like the Tatum Porzingis pick and roll. If that's your one action into an ISO, that's just the best single action that they've had in like in this in this this time period like Horford a Horford pick and roll with Tatum is fine a Porzingis is is just an order of magnitude more dangerous more difficult to cover but it it breeds other things right like that's yes you are a thousand percent correct and if it was just those two and and the the ISO into one the the one action into an ISO with those two and then everything else they ran regular offense be like that's freaking great because then you can do other things. But then it becomes a situation where it's Jalen Brown doing that. It becomes, uh, you know, they run an action that, you know, brings Jalen Brown off a of flare, and then it's ISO for Jalen Brown. It's, you know, it's it's it, the, the distribution of all of these ISOs to me is wild. Like, how many guys are you going to allow to be just well, I would not allow Jalen Brown. And that's I mean, kind of for the record. That would be... Yeah, I wouldn't allow Jalen Brown. I wouldn't allow Drew Holiday. I wouldn't allow Derek White. Yeah, like yeah. I wouldn't allow Horford. Like there's a lot. I like, know. but they are all doing it. I I would like to see them. Uh, you know, if if Jalen Wright, uh, Jalen Wright, uh, Drew Holiday gets a little guy on him, I would like to see them occasionally like run him into the post and let him let him bully ball yeah. if if they get a smaller guard on him. I think that's a that's a, especially with you know someone who who can pass obviously. Um, that would be a, a good change of pace for them to use from time to time because teams are going to are, are a lot of teams are going to go small against them because you kind of have to. So there's going to be situations where he's going to have, I don't know, a TJ McConnell, a Tyrese, Ma- uh, a Tyrese Maxey, whoever else on him, someone he can he can either put in the basket or or draw the help that then lets them play against rotation, which is, you know, what what you want to run yeah. an offense. to do. Uh, Anything else you guys 
feel like you uh, you sort of didn't see coming, or or maybe you saw it coming? Um, did you guys have? I mean, we all kind of we we sniffed on Orlando a little bit. I, I feel like the Pacers, you know, Mo, you were all over that one for sure. Um, Minnesota felt like we were a year early on last year. This is more what I, I we all expected when they got Rudy. Rudy looks great, and, and that's been a big reason for their success. But um, overall, I think the the my biggest miss so far is, was having the Bucks in that elite tier with with Denver and and Boston um and, and I they're not quite there from for now it doesn't mean they can't get there but they're not there yet right it's it's yeah. still a quarter of the season like we see just remember and the lessons you know that we should take from last season the Lakers were two and ten or whatever it was to start the season and they went to the mm-hmm. Western Conference Finals Miami barely made it through the the uh in season uh the, the play Miami barely made it through the play in tournament and they went to the finals. Like there's there's there is the I think we might have talked about it last week. We've talked about it before in the past. Like we used to say the 20 game sample was let you know where everything's gonna probably fall in the NBA season. I think that's gone. And I think massive amount of cha- stuff is going to change throughout the course of the season. The Bucks can get there. You know, and I know Bucks fans got all mad last week or something about one of the things we said, but like the Bucks can get there. They, they certainly can. They got a long way to go. They just got to figure yeah. these things out. Bucks and, fans were upset. Uh, same thing. Bucks with fans were upset fault. about the thing that I just said, which was we said they're not in the top tier. I mean, it, it, I'm sorry. It's the top tier. They're in the next tier. You've got Giannis and, and you've got Dame. I didn't expect Philly uh, to be in the. T- they're top pretty tier, good. But they're uh, Philly, Philly is fascinating. Hey, speaking of December fifteenth, December fifteenth is Friday. A lot of guys going to be eligible to be traded for. I think Philly is a team to keep an eye on um, as far as getting a third guy. But I like their team as it is. Um, so maybe they could pick up someone who who is maybe a bit more of a high level role player instead of going for a star. But they're. They're playing. Hey, Nick Nurse has been surprising this season. He's been really good. It's good. It's. I, I think that's a. Fu- I think that's a future. A future podcast for us is a future topic for us is like, the like if there's a guy that helps this possible champ. I mean, the one we've we've sort of batted around. I don't know if we've mentioned on the show oh is like gosh, can get yeah. Malcolm Brogdon to Orlando. Is is sort of the the one we've been, but there's I, I think there's probably five or ten of those kind of of, of one weird player to solve this team. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll do that one in a few weeks. Um, that's gonna do it for this week, folks. Uh, for Seth Part now and Moda Kill, I'm Dave Defore, and this has been Nerder. She wrote on the Athletic NBA Show.